Welcome to Season 5 of the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, best-selling author and international speaker, Michael Sherlock. The Shock Your Potential podcast is dedicated to entrepreneurs looking to up their game, increase their income, and scale their businesses to new heights. Shock Your Potential is a professional services company providing affordable services to small businesses, matching entrepreneurs with virtual assistants, and offering specialized leadership and sales training to companies around the world. Learn more today at shockyourpotential.com and listen in now to another motivating episode that will help you to shock your potential. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock, and all month long, we're talking about a subject that I'm pretty sure my team did just to mess with my mind because we're talking about technology. But we're not just talking about technology about you know what it is. We're talking to people who are in it, who have founded it, who are everyday living and breathing different methods of technology that will do something very important, make our lives and our businesses better. Now, my guest today is Slater Viktorov, and he's the founder and CTO of Indico. It's an enterprise AI solution for unstructured content that emphasizes document understanding. Now, uh, if you're like me, you read that or heard that and went, Oh my gosh, what is this? is this going to have anything to do with me? Well, absolutely it is for all of us. So listen in, you don't want to walk away from this. Now, Slater's been building machine learning solutions for companies like startups, oh, governments, Fortune 100 companies for you know the past seven, eight years. He's also a frequent speaker at AI conferences. And Indico's framework requires 1,000 times less data than traditional machine learning techniques. Now, they this is not just something that we're throwing around the numbers. He actually can document how they regularly beat the likes of uh, AWS, Google, Microsoft, IBM in head-to-head, what he calls bake-offs. And we'll probably talk about bread too, because we were talking about that before we hit the, the play button. And he recently announced a 22 million Series B raise. Now, I know that we're going to learn a lot more about what he does, but I can't wait to talk about how this applies to all of us. So make sure if tech is not necessarily your comfort zone, that you you know sit back a little bit, engage in this, and figure out how it might make a difference. So Slater, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. I'm really looking forward to the conversation. I am too. And we were having so much fun before we even hit go. So I know this is going to be a great conversation. Especially but- once we start going about bread. Exactly. And and finding a foraging for mushrooms. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know if anyone makes mushroom bread, but, you know, maybe maybe we just came up with a new thing. I think we did. I bet you we could do it. <laughs> There's our next business. I'll market it. You come up with the AI behind it. <laughs> um. <laughs> so Slater, um, I know I hit the highlights of what you do, but I know you're going to be best suited to tell the story. So tell us a little bit more about you, your business, and how what you do helps people and their businesses to shock their potential. Absolutely. And uh, you know, I'll probably go from the current day backwards because I'm much better at telling the story today than I was all those years ago. Uh, and the way that I really like to describe Indico today is the bionic arm for the modern knowledge worker. Uh, And and we really focus on unstructured content. So let me just paint a picture for you for a moment. Uh, If you think about something like a mortgage approval or a loan process or a lease application, or, you know, if you, if you filled out your, uh, you know, did a mortgage lately, um, 
there's a huge river of unstructured data that is associated with that. And when I say unstructured data, I mean this in, in very vague terms, right? I'm talking text, I'm talking image, I'm talking documents, uh, potentially audio or video, you know, that's all kind of unstructured content. Anything that doesn't fit neatly into an Excel spreadsheet, right? Um, and, and traditionally, right, those systems are really opaque. You know, the, the most transparency you have, even if you're talking about one of the top banks in the world, is, you know, the loan packet showed up on Sue's desk. Sue said it was good, right? And, you know, and it passed along because the loan got approved. Uh, you know, people spend millions of dollars even just auditing this at the end of the year because there is so little uh, consistency and transparency. And yeah. really what we do is we create, uh, you know, this bionic arm. And I'll explain why I think that analogy is really important, even though I try not to be too sci-fi in my descriptions. Um, but one that really is, you know, an assistive technology for the people that are processing that unstructured today. Uh, so if you're talking about a loan officer, right, if you're talking about someone who is going through legal contracts, right, uh, really fitting in, in a way that is directed by them, empowered by them, that's where that bionic arm notion comes into play, right, that is going to make their life and their work better. Mm -hmm. That makes so much sense. And I know we, when we, before we started taping, we were talking a little bit more about what you were doing. And you were talking about when you work with a company in the beginning, you go uh, to the subject matter expert. So in other words, the person who has to deal with this data, they're creating the forms, or maybe they're dealing with forms that were built by somebody else. They're trying to figure out the solution. They're trying to manage um, some pieces that aren't necessarily always logical. So how does that conversation start with them? Oh man, that I, I I love where you came with the the pieces that aren't logical because I actually think that's that's the most important part of the whole thing uh, because you know as as much as we like to believe that these long contracts are completely consistent right and they happen exactly the same every time it's like, absolutely like not the case. Forms? Like right, right, right. I, I mean, like, like a government form is, is the best you're ever going to get, right? You know, like a W-2, there, there's some consistency to that. But, you know, you think about the, the privacy policy you sign on, you know, signing into LinkedIn or Twitter or something like that, right? Yeah. You know, it, it's 30 pages of random text, right? You know, how are you going to make sense of that? And, and you know, what I like to say is bionic arms, not cyborgs, because I think these are the two real ways that people think about these tools today. There's either the cyborg is going to come in, right? It's going to do my job, right? It's going to sit down next to the human worker, right? And it's going to be kind of this drop-in replacement. At Indico, we actually sort of fundamentally don't believe in that model. Uh, we think that it's... Um, not great for a lot of reasons. Uh, and so instead, we really champion this idea of the bionic arm. And you know, this is why we, we frame it in that way. It is in the person's control, right? This is your technology, right? It's not doing anything that you don't tell it to do, right? But mm -hmm. you know, it's going to help you lift 100 pounds, right? It's going to help you do things you know, better, faster, you know, more scalably than you ever could before. Uh, and, and, you know, I think when we look internally at a lot of these processes today, right, you know, maybe internally they've got this 12-point checklist of, you know, here are all the things that we're supposed to check, you know, with everything that we're supposed to go through. But maybe the volume is so high that actually, you know, you've only got time to check three of them. Uh, and by the way, you know, they're going to double your volume next year and you're only allowed to hire, you know, like 10% more people from a headcount perspective. And, and that's happening just all, all across, uh, you know, the enterprise, right, in industry today. And that is really a situation where we plug in very, very well, right, the person that's like crying uncle that's like, oh my goodness, like I've just got so much to get after, like I can't feasibly do this, they're asking too much of me. Uh, and, you know, I think in practice, it's a lot of people where, 
you know, there's going to be a really interesting, you know, fuzzy crux to that where you do really want the human connected, but you've got to wade through all this drudgery, all this repetitive stuff to get to the part of your job that you really enjoy. So, you know, we're also really hoping to shift that balance pretty dramatically. Wow. So when, so can you give me an example? Cause I mean, I've got a hundred examples in my head, but I don't know if I'm right about any of them. Can you give me an example about like one, one system that, you know, here's a great example of how we can make a difference. Absolutely. So, so let's, let's talk about title and deed uh, documents, right? Yes. Uh, and this is a place where, you know, Indico processes uh, approximately 100% of all the title and deeds filed in the U.S. Uh, and, you know, to, to give a sense of the scale of that problem, right, uh, there's a lot of different documents that you're talking about when you talk about, you know, titles and deeds very broadly, right? right. So it's about 50 different documents, you know, that have to be filed with uh, local governments and, you know, county governments when it comes to the transaction of a house, right? Um, and each one of those is going to be different for every county in the United States, right? So you've got 3,000 counties, you've got 50 document types per county, Right. And even those those document types. Right. It's not like a very, very rigid template. So it's like, wow, you know, like huge, huge, huge kind of problem. Right. And, you know, there are today thousands of people whose job it is to basically go through all of these documents, you know, extract the numbers, because it's actually really important to understand what is happening with, uh, you know, residential home sales in the United States like that. That data feed is really critical. And then this, this is the thing that I think would actually shock a lot of people is you'd expect like there's got to be somewhere out there. Right. Where where, you know, these numbers are tracked. Right. One centralized place. And then you realize, no, you know, it is three thousand separate systems. Right. Completely disconnected from each other. There's no way of normalizing between them. No one talks to each other. Right. Um, And and I think that's kind of the scale of dysfunction you see in a lot of unstructured cases. So here again, you know, there's thousands of people that are already doing that. And what we have done is we kind of slotted in and sort of empowered them to. And it used to be this thing where, you know, as uh, the, the biggest problem for them really was peak load. Right. What happened is that there was this insane season every year, you know, peak home transactions where just like they were hiring people and firing people like crazy. Right. They weren't able to meet their quotas. And it was just like a madhouse and people were super, super stressed. And I I think that's the biggest impact we made on their day to day lives is like there is no stress around peak time anymore. Right. Right. You know, we're handling something like 50 percent of everything that hits them, you know, like above 99 percent accuracy. Right. And so it just means that all the people on the ground, like suddenly this is highly scalable. Right. You know, very, very low stress for them. It's something that's really consistent and coherent. And, And from a business perspective, one of the things that's also really useful is that instead of having. 40 different individual inconsistent ways of doing this process. Now you've got one consistent way represented in code. It's going to happen the same way every time. Right. And, and that also, you know, is, is tremendously valuable both for the new people coming in that immediately understand how the process works. And for the old people that are like, Hey, uh, I set this up. I don't want to have to work here forever. Um, So it actually also enables a lot of people to retire when they might uh, not be able to otherwise. Yeah, that's what I was writing down as you were talking. I'm like, uh, what this does to to support training and development, onboarding of new people and the damages of brain drain is enormous. Yeah. I I mean, if you just look at the audit process in some of these banks where it's like you you process everything and then pick 5% randomly at the end of the year, you didn't track any of the information around what you did. So you just have to do it again, start to finish. You know, a lot of these companies, they're spending five, $6 million every year 
just auditing the work that they did for that year. And it's crazy, right? That, you know, there's there's no reason it should be that inefficient. It's just how they've always done things, you know? It, it's so funny. I mean, even when you just said that, I was thinking about how silly it was. I, this is such a random example, but my parents used to own a gift shop in a hotel long ago. I was in college. Mm-hmm. And the stupidity of every January, having to pick up every item in that store And write it on a piece of paper to be able to talk about what inventory was to be in the finances when we were already, you know, we already had, you know, ways of tracking it, you know, what was sold of things that were important. But I mean, I was I was counting how many Snickers bars were still in the you know box like. That yeah. is so asinine. I, I mean, it's funny, you know, I, I almost feel like this is the way that people fall into AI, right? You know, I mean, that, that's how it happened for me is I was at this education company and we were ingesting a lot of online content. People were watching videos and there was this massive taxonomy of, you know, like thousands and thousands of different like, you know, granules of information that this might teach you. And people were watching every single video and categorizing every single video, spending like hundreds, thousands of hours and I was just like, there has to be a better way. I, I did not even, I had no idea at the time how like difficult that problem actually is. If I, if I did, if I had any clue, I probably wouldn't have started. Um, but you know, that, that was kind of the problem that really got me started on this, on this big AI uh, trend in my life. Yeah, I, that actually makes me think of what we're doing with all our YouTube videos and things right now too, and how that's to bring problem. them into micro content. Absolutely. Oh yeah, that actually, yeah, that's a you know chaffering. That's a really cool problem. That's actually as no one that that's a really good problem for AI. Actually, they do that decently well. I had no idea that there was anything that could help me with that. I, I, I don't know if anyone has launched it. I just know that it's possible. <laughs> it is possible. Yeah. Slater, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsor for the month, and we will be right back. Do you want to be a go-to expert that news reporters, anchors, and media producers turn to? Are you a media professional looking for credible, reliable, and timely guests? If you answered yes to either of those questions, then shock your media potential is for you. This one-of-a-kind platform connects vetted experts with news professionals around the globe. As a part of our launch celebration, you can participate for free in our Shock Your Media Potential virtual conference running March 28th through April 1st. Together with my co-host, Eddie Luisi, known as stage manager to the stars and also stage manager for Good Morning America, we have interviewed 25 media personalities and professionals to ask them the questions you need to know the answers to. Like, how can I make myself more newsworthy? How do I best pitch a story? How do I get invited back again and again? And much more. Some of our guests are household names with exceptional on-camera careers. Others are award-winning directors, producers, camera operators, audio engineers, celebrity hair and makeup professionals, and so much more. To learn more about our platform and our conference today, Go to shockyourmediapotential.com. And we are back with Slater Victoroff. And you might be asking about his name. And I said, I want to make sure I call him Slater Victoroff. And he said, yes, it's Victor on Victoroff. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so Slater, I had, um, as we were talking before the break, I was thinking back to, um, so my last two corporate positions were, I was a VP of sales for two different companies 
where we ran hearing aid sales offices all over the U.S., so hundreds and hundreds of clinics. And the way we operated them is that we had been purchasing, both companies were doing this, I worked for two different companies, and we were purchasing, purchasing these individual clinics. So sometimes one clinic here and there, uh, five clinics here and there, 30 clinics over there, and bringing them all into one. And I remember the day that my head was about to explode when I realized that in sitting in front of me on the desk were 47 different order forms. And everybody's yes. like, no, we need everything that's on that one. I'm like, why? Like, why do you need that? Oh, well, we must have that. And the other people, well, we must have that. I'm like, but by the time, if we put everything that all of you think is absolutely vital, what should be a two-page order form is now going to, or purchase order, is now going to be 47 pages. I like, I can't. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I think this is the thing that people are really, really surprised by, right? Even when you're talking about something that should be very straightforward, right? Like an order form or or the example that I also love to use is an invoice, right? You know, it's like, should be very simple, right? Like how many different ways could there possibly be of doing this? How many fields could there be, right? And if you ask for like 10, 20, I don't know. I'm sure everyone does it the same way. But, but you know, we find in practice, like, could not be further from the truth. Um, yeah. So, so that, that's a huge part of kind of our philosophy is like, you've got to meet people where they're at. Because exactly. look, you know, p- people got to these paper-based processes organically over decades. I'm, I'm not going to fix that, right? <laughs> but I can at least help you work in that world, right? Yeah. At least that, that's how I view it. Yeah. Well, and and I found too that, you know, this kind of goes back to one of your other points that we were talking about earlier is that oftentimes people aren't using all that data, but they feel like they have to have it. And one, I remember in one particular uh, dialogue with one of our businesses, I said that, I said, why do you need to know their wedding anniversary date? Now I knew why they were going to tell me because then we want to send them an anniversary card. I said, brilliant. I love that. That's a great tool for customer, uh, you know, um, uh, engagement and customer retention. I said, but why does it have to be on the purchase order or, you know, the order form or whatever, the purchase agreement? Well, because then we have it all in one place. Okay. But how about this? How about we don't ask for that when they make the purchase? And instead you call them a week later and say, how are you doing with your hearing aids? How much, you know, are you enjoying them? You ask them the little questions, say, by the way, when is your anniversary date? And they're like, what? <laughs> well, where are we going to put it? I said, then you can actually type it into the computer. How about right there? <laughs> yeah. And well, I mean, like the, the, I mean, the, the fun, the, the thing that was just crazy to me, and I think this is something that like all, all engineers really have to just recognize, right. <laughs> is like the CRM, right. How crazy was that, right? Because it was like, you talk about a CRM to an engineer and they're like, I, I don't get it. It's a yeah. spreadsheet. It's a, it's a spreadsheet. I'm pretty sure what you just described is a spreadsheet, right? It's a pretty uh, spreadsheet. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. But, but then, you know, on the flip side, you're like, well, you know, there never really has been a place for a sales organization to have that one consistent record that people can actually use in a cohesive way, right? And I think, um, I, I don't know, it's just a really interesting situation, but it's almost the situation with all enterprise technology, right? Yeah. You know, it, it's stuff that often theoretically is not difficult, but like making it usable and understanding how it actually plugs into the broader ecosystem is really challenging, right? And that really is where the value is in a lot of cases. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And, you know, and I think it also gets back to, you know, you were talking about this being more the bionic arm versus a cyborg is, you know, you do need that human connection, but you also have to be aware of when the human connection causes you more roadblocks that you don't need. And sometimes the process of of maybe breaking this down with that person who's responsible for this data, maybe you can say, okay, let's talk about this. Does this really make sense? Is it vital? Let's use this. Not, I'm not questioning your system, but let's use this opportunity to question the system together. Yeah. So this is actually one of the secret, you know, core reasons why it's got to be a bionic arm. Right. Why we talk so much about, you know, the way that we have to position this is to empower the subject matter expert, because, you know, I got to tell you, you know, what you laid out, that is not an exception. You know, it's not strange. In fact, that is the rule. Um, And I'll give you, you know, maybe a quick example that I think highlights this. Uh, Mm. So we had a we had a customer that we were working with and a particular department we were working with. They were responding to RFPs. uh, Mm. Right. So that's a you know request for a proposal in case some some listeners aren't familiar. So it's this long, you know, 20, 30 page survey, whatever. It says, here's all the things that you need. Right. That, you know, we require for you to be a good vendor fit for us. Mm -hmm. And so this uh, business unit, their job is to go through the RFPs and basically figure out whether or not, you know, this really big company should bid or not. That seems important, right? Um, right? So, you know, we're like, okay, great, you know, makes total sense, you know, go through the documents, the RFPs, like, you know, highlight where you find a problem, right? And then we'll help flag problems. Seems, seems really straightforward, right? Uh, so we start and, you know, the models, the, the metrics are just coming back and we're like, wow, this is like really bad. You know, why isn't this working? Um, and we, you know, we're turning it over and over and like trying to understand with them. It's like, okay, you know, like talk us through, like you really have a consistent process for this, right? And they're like, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, we've been doing this for 30 years, you know, we've got this down to a science. Uh, and then we had them both tag the same, the same agreement. Right. And we kept it hidden. We didn't let them know that we were going to do this. Uh, and they come back. Right. And they just, it's completely different. Right. They just don't agree at all. Um, and then, you know, in, in hindsight, we made a mistake because we brought this up with their manager on the phone. Right. Cause we, we showed it to them and we're like, okay, just help us understand, like, what should we do in this case? Like, what does correct look like? We've got to resolve this because otherwise, you know, we don't know. And they just start arguing on the phone, just like going at each other. Like, oh, no, this is fine. Like, we do this all the time. It was like, no, like six months ago, you know, we signed a formal company agreement that we don't do this anymore. Right. And they're just like back and forth and back and forth. And then and then they literally at the end, they turn to us and with a straight face and say, so I guess the AI just couldn't figure it out. Oh, (laughs) right. Right. I was like, ah, yes, the AI couldn't figure it out. Yes, Uh that was. But but I think, again, that that is the classic thing, right? It is, you know, I I often like to say is like, you've got to get the process in place before you think about automating it. Right. And you have to give people that non-judgmental and collaborative space Mm -hmm. to really you know, see the truth for themselves. Again, you know, we we kind of made as many mistakes, uh, you know, as we could in that in that space because you know we were more confrontational than we should have been. We should have crafted a space for them to really talk about it. You know, have that resolution built into the product, kind of all of those things. But you know, it was it was a big learning experience for us for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why the the name of my first book is called Tell Me More because I try and remember uh, in those cases to just say, so tell me more about this, and then I keep asking them questions until they get to the point like, wait hold on, we didn't really come to an agreement about this at all. And I was going to say too, the fact that they said, oh, no, no, we've been doing this for 30 years. I'm like, there's your sign. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and that's the thing, right? Is, uh, you know, it, it's just important to recognize that, 
you know, you can be next to a person for 30, 40 years doing exactly the same thing. And it turns out the two of you have never really talked about some of those details. Uh, and it, it's a it's a kind of sobering moment for a lot of people, actually. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I can't uh, I can't even imagine right now. My husband's company is going through a transition from SAP to Oracle. Oh, gosh. Wow. I do and- not envy anyone in that situation. <laughs> And I'll tell you, my husband, I, he's a very calm person. And I, every day he comes home now, because now it it was supposed to happen within one year, which I was like, that's never going to happen. He said, that'll never happen. Now they're two and a half years into it. It is still not ready to go. And he's like, we are having the most stupid, stupid meetings and conversations. They're so stupid. Oh, I I can imagine. I mean, two and a half years into that. I mean, doing any, any enterprise like migration of that scale, like, you know, you're just signing up for a world of hurt, you know, know. and just like, if you just survive to the end of it, that's amazing. That, that's like my, my picture of like, I, I could never do that. Right. Like if, if I signed up for a company and they're like, yes, you are going to be responsible for our ERP system migration. I'd be like, well, no, I'm not. Bye. See ya. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow, that, that, that was a good one. You almost had me there. It's my first day. Okay. I put in my two weeks notice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, I love it. Uh, Slater, this is, I, this is a fascinating conversation. And before I know we're going to have, we're going to talk about all your contact information, but one other thought I had too, uh, before, as we near the end is um, right now I have several, now what we do in my company, a very small scale, but we have several things that I have spent the last four months um, really diving down into the process and how can we make this process easier and automate on our level, which is very, um, you know, it's a very simple thing that four major things that, that, uh, that we're doing this through, but the process of asking myself, uh, just the process of asking myself, is this the right process and what are we doing and what's step one and step two. And then if step one and two does this, you know, where does it go and creating this kind of flow chart um, not kind of flowchart, cl- creating the flowchart has been such a, a brilliant exercise in having um, more peace of mind for me. So oh, that yeah. as we now then I'm getting people used to it and I'm now showing it to them on paper. And now we're talking about how we take these next steps and we truly automate it. And I'm like, you guys, this takes us out of panic mode because you always know what's going to happen next. And if it doesn't happen, then you intervene. And if it does happen, you know what to do next. And, and that should make everybody not only breathe better, but perform at a higher level so we can actually increase the business in these four areas. I, I mean, I think the, the biggest thing that I have learned, you know, both just, you know, leading, you know, Indico over the years, right? But but even more specifically with the kind of work that we do, right, is the power of process, right? Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, so often, especially early on, you know, where I was this like, you know, rock star individual contributor, you know, like put my headphones in code all day kind of person, right? I think it's really easy to look at, at you know, slips in the roadmap, right, or whatever, and just be like, well, obviously, we missed because like, I didn't code hard enough, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, no, 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 like, get out of that way of thinking, right? I think the way that you know, kind of the evolution that we've got to at Indico that I just think is a much, much healthier way of thinking about is like, look, we hire the best people in the world, right? You know, we've got our process in place to do that. Now, if a mistake happens in the business, it's a process problem. So we go and we fix a process and the problem doesn't happen again, right? Right. 
Uh, and, and it just um, it's such a better way of working. And I think that, you know, people people get nervous around the word process. Right. Because they imagine some like extremely formal. Yeah. Like 60 bullet pony long. Like and then, you know, it's like I, I think one of the best uh, phrases I got. And I, I unfortunately don't remember who I got this from, but it's at your stage. Right. You know, like if you're a thousand person company, yeah, maybe maybe some like crazy process works. Right. But, you know, if you're like five folks in a garage, right, like a three bullet points of process actually can be transformational. Right. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be more than that. Absolutely. I love it. Well, Slater, we're going to have all of your contact information on our show notes. But just in case some of my people don't like to look at the show notes and they want to look you up right now, what's the best way for them to find you? You know, you can reach out to me on Twitter or LinkedIn. Uh, you can also check out my personal site, uh, Slater.website. I love it. Slater.website. That's very fancy. Yeah, I love and that TLD. <laughs> <laughs> You're like your own little Very simple. Star. Yeah. It's no, it's, it, it helps. You know, Slater is a really, is is as weird a first name as Victoroff is a last name. I'm the only Slater in Boston. And, you know, I just tell people that. I'm very easy to find. I have to admit, when I first saw your booking uh, request came through, come through, I was like, is it Victoroff Slater? Because I'm like, I don't know. Yes. I, just I, 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 I will say like probably from K through 12, I was probably called Victor Slateroff more often than the other way around. And just like, I, I, just, I respond to Victor now. It's just like, actually, there's a person I've been working with for, for months at this point. He just calls me Victor. I'm like, whatever. There you go. I don't You're like, what if, I know. Yeah. I mean, my, my name of being named Michael, you know, I've been called Michelle, Michael, Michael, and I like people don't go for the obvious Sherlock. Exactly. That's what I would do. You know, and, and I had somebody in the seventh grade say that to me. And I was like, I don't, I've, I'd never heard the statement before of no shit oh, Sherlock, really? but uh, afterward I was like, oh yeah, totally. I knew about that. Oh so yeah. Michael, and I'm sure you've, you've heard it three times. I'm sure in your life since then, never, I'm sure it's extremely, it hasn't gotten old at all. I think I've heard it three times today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mine is a, uh, mine is Slater from Saved by the Bell. AC oh, Slater. Yeah. <laughs> which, uh, which I hadn't seen and now I have. Well, there you go. Oh, yeah. good show. <laughs> so before we go, Slater, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Yeah, I, I actually kind of like that place where we ended in, in the power of process. You know, I, I think especially for entrepreneurs that are trying to figure out, you know, how they take things up to the next level. I think process is so often the key to that. And, you know, walk into it with with open eyes and, and recognize that it is a it is a real challenge in its own right uh, and not not one to be uh, taken lightly. Mm -hmm. I love it. I totally agree. And to your other point, it doesn't have to be a 92 point plan of process. Absolutely not. Just sometimes those three points can be transformational all in of themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Slater, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for being such a great guest with us today. And thanks for having me. It was a total pleasure. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.